0: Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen, and I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna?
1: Today I'm drinking another literary tea from Simpson and Vale. This is Jane Austen, which is a black tea with notes of spearmint, vanilla, and lavender. Not so
0: much lavender that it tastes soapy. How about you? Today I've got uh, Melbourne Breakfast from T2, and Zanna and I recently found out that T2 will. Uh, They had a U.S. website and U.S. stores. They have closed those stores recently, but it is still available from their Australian website. It'll just take you a little longer to get your favorites. That was not intended to be a plug, but it turned out to be one.
1: (laughs) We're not sponsored by them, but we love them.
0: (laughs) Our guest today is Lily Valente. She is a USA Today bestselling author of over 50 novels, everything from steamy small town romance to laugh out loud romantic comedies. And a diehard romantic, she can't resist a story where love wins big, because love should always win. And we absolutely agree with that, Lily. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Let's celebrate love all the time. Yay,
0: love. (laughs) Yay. Love, love. I have to start by saying that I love every title of yours that I have read. I have not gotten to 50 of them yet.
2: (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) I'm so honored to hear that. Truly, you know, when thinking over, I've been doing this for over 20 years now. And um, I was recently discussing with someone like, what is the, you know, meaning of your work and your life and things. For me, it's just to entertain people and to make them happy and, you know, just to give them an escape, a joyful escape or a, you know, compelling escape. It's just, it's really gratifying to hear that for sure.
0: And you started writing, but you also narrate many of the titles that you write. What made you decide to do the narrations too?
2: Well, it's kind of a circular or a, you know, a winding story, but I went to theater school. As a kid, I used my national merit scholarship to get a theater degree, much to the chagrin of my parents. Um, (laughs) So, and then I graduated and I graduated right when they started having the um, SAG after a strike. So it was a rough start. And then I was in, I was in New York city when nine 11 happened. And then all of we actors kind of had to flee because no one was coming to, um, you know, eat at our restaurants or, or our side jobs. We couldn't make couldn't make rent money. So I ended up moving out to LA and I worked on a few really, really bad movies. And then I had the joyful accident of becoming pregnant with my son at a fairly young age. Spoiler alert, people really don't want to audition a um, a pregnant girl who looks like she's like 19 years old. It was, yeah, it a, was a barrier to entry. So <laughs> Um yeah. I'd always written plays and I was uh, at the time my uh, ex-husband and I were writing several screenplays together. And so kind of just to to have a creative outlet while I was waiting to be able to audition again, I started writing uh, young adult books because I'd always I'd never stopped reading young adult. I'd always loved young adult. Um and actually I think after going back and reading Jane Eyre, I feel like Jane Eyre is like the the first true young adult novel. It just it holds up and it's it just has that same like discovery of self, you know, female centered journey kind of thing that I loved. Um, Mm -hmm. so I started writing that and then, um, and then I realized that, you know, I, I read romance as a much younger person and I realized what a huge market that was. And I was like, Oh, maybe I can, maybe I can write that. So I, started writing for a erotic website that was Alora's Cave do you remember that it was a long time ago it was like i, I remember hearing e-book. of it yeah yeah it was like super steamy ebooks like before people did ebooks it was back in the in the dark ages when i first <laughs> began um or and then I, edge. <laughs> yeah well and it's so funny cuz people are always like oh 50 shades was so you know groundbreaking like oh no there was well friend we were writing shades. dirty stuff like that like <laughs> long before <laughs> So, yeah, so that was great. It was a way to earn money while I was staying at home with my son. And then when my first marriage dissolved, it was also a great way to feel, you know that I had some power to uh, move forward in my life, mm-hmm. you know, earning my own money while still, you know being able to take care of my 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 kiddos. Um, and then I, I eventually ended up writing under one pen name for Laura's Cave, and I moved on to writing under a different pen name. For New York, I published with Random House and Penguin and Pocket Books and several of those. And then came 2013 and I heard how great self-publishing was and I jumped in and never looked back because, wow, it's so fun. And uh, Mm -hmm. I finally, I've always been very prolific. I can write very quickly. And in traditional publishing, they were always like, I had to have multiple pen names because they said, we can only publish one book from you a year, maybe two. And then self-publishing. I'm like, I can write as many books as I want. Oh, and then yeah. I um I eventually ran into one of my girlfriends from uh, that I'd done a play with when we were young, and she was narrating. And I was like, oh my god, that's that's so cool. That would be a great way to be able to act again since I haven't mm-hmm. done that in a long time. So she helped me. She and her husband helped me um, get my booth set up and taught me all the ropes. and they were just wonderful. It's Summer Roberts and Tyler Don they also have my books. They're incredible humans. And I'm so grateful to call them my friends. And Summer and I actually went to college uh, when we were together when we were young in acting school for a year. So it's all a very small creative world. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And those connections stay, you know, and that's wonderful, though. So I first discovered you as a narrator and it didn't make the connection to me immediately that that was also you writing them. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why, but
2: for some other people. Um, Yeah. Well, I I would say the major challenge of, of myself for myself as a writer and as a career woman is that I'm super bad at marketing and like letting people know what's going on with me. (laughs) Like, I just, um, I just get so focused on the creative part and the storytelling and the pretend and the important part, Well, <laughs> the fun part for sure. And I, yeah, and I, yeah. I don't do the best job messaging or, or like communicating with um, readers and listeners. And also I know it can be confusing because I've also narrated as Lily Valente for Erin Nicholas, who
0: mm-hmm.
2: love her work. If you haven't checked out her, her novels, every single one is great. She's just if you're looking for something fun and sexy and just, just easy and delicious to digest as a romance reader, I would highly recommend her stuff. So, I know it can be confusing sometimes, especially when you know I'm not only narrating my own stuff; I'm narrating other people's stuff too. Yeah.
0: So. You do some solo narration, but also dual narration. Um, just talk uh, talking about the narrating side of things for a bit. Um, what do you? do you have a preference as to how you like to work? Do you prefer the collaborative effort or do you prefer to just work on your own at your own schedule? And pace? Well,
2: the men that I work with, um, Jason Clark, I've worked with, Teddy
1: Hamilton. yes, yes Teddy, Teddy Hamilton. Hamilton. Sorry, Teddy he East. comes up on the show quite a lot. Yeah
2: I <laughs> in um, Shane East and I've been lucky to work with some really talented men who are just so respectful of the material and um, bring so much heart and you know loveliness to the to the work that it's great. Sometimes I do enjoy just doing it by myself just because of scheduling it can be hard. you know, you have to plan so far in advance to get some of these really great guys, uh, you know, on their schedule and get locked in with them. And, but, you know, overall, I, I I love collaborating at this point. I have not done much duet. I prefer to, you know, to, to record separately for now, though I'm not, you know, ruling out more collaboration in the future.
0: Well, I do have to say, I don't think that I've listened to you near with Jason Clark, but definitely with Teddy Hamilton and Shane East. And I have to say a special thank you by the way, (laughs) Um, for uh, writing as Bella Jacobs, you wrote the, which is a wonderful, a winterfall. Yes. The wonderful
2: witches of nightfall. Yeah. The wonderful winters,
0: Yeah. And. Those were narrated with Shane East, and you got him in one book to quote a Shakespearean sonnet that is one of my favorites. So, thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> You're so welcome. It was also one of my favorites. I have that permanently bookmarked in my oh, in my uh, in my audio book. Yes, that was uh, so app. romantic,
2: and I knew he would do a great job with it. He's yeah. a very intelligent man, and like, yeah, very
1: good at reading classic stuff as well as the modern stuff.
0: So, yes, I had to, I had to make sure to just say a special thank you for that one. <laughs>
1: Might I might need you to send me that
0: because yeah it it, well and it it also happened to be he's got a great voice (laughs) he's got a great voice it also happened to be the uh, the sonnet that was read at my wedding so it it was even it was even more special to me that's lovely Uh, yeah so as a narrator even though you are speaking the words that you yourself wrote (laughs) do you find that there's times when you're narrating it that you go back and sort of say. Why did I phrase it that way? Because it's that's a difficult thing to say? Or do you have like a... You know,
2: not too often because I uh, have dyslexia. So part of my process for editing is that I always read everything aloud. That helps me to catch uh, a Oh, that's
0: great. So that's I've smart. Yeah. Yeah. That.
2: yeah. So I, I do tend to catch most of those things. Well, and also even before I started narrating my own work, I, you know, come from an acting background and I did some directing and I know I don't want to put words in an actor's mouth that are hard to say <laughs> or don't sound natural or don't feel good to them, you know, or feel or, or like authentic mm-hmm. to the character. So that was always something that was really high on my on my radar as far as like I want to make it easy and pleasant for, you know, anyone reading my work, whether you're a reader or a narrator or anyone else to to hear those voices in your head and um, you not get stumped up by any awkward language or things. But every once in a while I do get to a point where on one day I can't say a word or something and I'll change it and I'll just on the fly. And then I have to write my engineer and say, okay, on this page, I changed that. I know it's technically a mistake, but I, 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 you know, as author, I get to, I get
0: to, change I <laughs> you want. have the control and get to, and get to say, but that. it just it, sounds it better. <laughs> it sounds better.
2: It's so yeah. Cause I've done some narrating for random house and uh, different uh, producers under a different narrator name, you know, then you don't get to change it. You have to, you have to yeah. stick to the material. So well, yes. and,
0: I, I, and I know that there are some words that are used frequently that that some narrators will say that they have to consciously sort of pull back before they say it. I worked one summer as a tour guide at a historical home, and we had to say as a part of our spiel, a self-guided garden tour. I could never say it. I always said self-guarded garden tour. So <laughs> and and it became this thing that I became known for because that would always trip me up
1: very guarded because I was trying then. to say
0: the the spiel so fast and get through it all that it, it was self-guarded guidance tour. Um so I know that It's hard when know. your
2: brain gets in a in a bad groove like that. Yeah, yeah I
1: definitely
2: <laughs> experienced some of that for sure. And then you have to usually it's like you just have to take a break. Like I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, walk, walk around a bit and then
2: try it again. Yeah.
0: We mentioned Bella Jacobs, which is your paranormal pen name, and then as Lily Valente, and I know it's, it's like asking who's your favorite child, but do you have one genre or, you know, subgenre that you sort of fear towards more well, often? I-
2: Yeah. I started out as as paranormal. I've always really loved paranormal, anything spooky, anything mysterious, ghosts, you know, just, I love any kind of, any kind of thing like that. And I love when I get to make up a world because a lot of times, especially lately, I feel like our world is just not my favorite. (laughs) So I like to- It's nice to have some
1: escapism where you can escape to a different place. Yeah. I understand that.
2: Yeah. So I really- I really do. I, I love writing as Bella Jacobs because I get to make those pretend things. I have a lot more like intensity as far as the action usually, and um, I feel like I have more freedom to really put these characters in crazy situations than I than I do necessarily with you know contemporary romance. But then also as a you know, human who's trying to date in her 40s. <laughs> I know that contemporary love is very difficult and it can be challenging and stressful. And I love to write Happy Ever Afters where people can, you know, kind of have that moment where you can escape into like a love story that feels more like it could happen to you, you know? Yeah. So that's lovely too. I mean, I really, and that's why I continue to write as both because I just really. I love both of those aspects of being creative. Yeah, nice that you have
1: separate outlets for that. Or I mean the same outlet, but as kind of separate spaces for that.
2: Yeah, it's been good because I, I tend to get bored pretty easily. So yeah. I like to have different things to do.
0: And you've written several of your books are series. I mean they're standalones, but they're but or they can be standalones, but they are also a series with, you know, recurring characters and everything. My personal favorite of late is the Rugged and Royal series, which features the three prince brothers. uh, I had
2: so much fun with those because I feel like that was contemporary, but I also got to kind of put a little bit of a fairy tale hint in it. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of, you know, a dash of curses, a dash of like pretend fairy tale kingdoms. And I just had so much fun with it. And it was those are one those are some of my favorites I've written recently.
0: They were a lot of fun to read uh, and a lot of fun to listen to. Yay. And the the characters are all very sassy. <laughs> that's what that's what yeah. I enjoyed most about yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also have the the Virgin Playbook series and then the Bad Mother Puckers, the hockey series. And I have zero interest in watching hockey, but for some reason um She's been on a hockey Hockey yeah, I've, I I I've <laughs> been, I've love been on the hockey thing lately. Yeah,
2: I love hockey players because they're kind of like the renegades of the sports world. You know, they're yeah. sort of scrappy and different and, you know, a little chaotic, which is something I really enjoy. And my second ex husband is a huge hockey fan, huge hockey player. He's actually gone right now at a hockey event tournament this weekend. So that was a great resource for me. We're still real good friends. And um, so, whenever anytime I'd get stuck on something, I'd like, I'm like, I know what this looks like when I watch it on television, but how does this feel when you're doing that play or how does it, you know, he was a great Mm -hmm. help to me describing like the action scenes of playing hockey and stuff.
0: I do notice that a lot of hockey romances are, are very either the author is, is a hockey fan themselves. And so you will, you will hear about, you know, things that go on, on the ice, Um, And if they're if they're not or they don't feel comfortable writing about the the hockey play so much, then they will (laughs) then they will talk about them just getting off the ice or just after a game or heading for training or something like that. And then they don't. You know there isn't that well, and I that think sort of one is about it.
2: valid, You know, yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely. Oh, sure. I
2: have to say, I'm not a huge fan of sports ball. Anytime of sports ball, sports puck,
1: sports ball. I'm not a. I'm not a sports ball person myself. No, either. I'm not
2: into it. I don't get it. I. I just think that hockey players are cute. <laughs> 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 it's real shallow that way. I also and, like that they're not too like beefy and like they're not doing a sport that necessarily is going to give them like, horrible concussions. I mean, I know they do have injuries, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a bleeding heart. I I get worried about people that are in sports where they're actually going to hurt themselves, like football and stuff. I know people love it and I don't want to be controversial, but you know, I just want their brains to be okay. So yes,
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> I want uh, everyone's brains to be okay. Um, yeah. I think yeah, that's that, a wish we all have. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but Unfortunately, have admire, we live in a different world.
2: <laughs> yeah. But you have to admire all those, you know, sports people. I think they're likable heroes because they're excelling at something they've had to sacrifice. They've had to work hard. Like, you know, they've got this fire inside of them in order to succeed in that way. And that's exciting to kind of play with like, can that fire inside of them also translate to their love life? And that's, I think that makes it a lot of fun.
0: Here at the cup and saucy book club, we are big fans of the pun titles. So uh, (laughs) Zanna, I'm just going to give you a a little preview of the Uh A uh, bad mother pucker series, pucked up. Uh, I mean,
1: just that by itself. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, smile, so there's so. Pucked Up. That's pucking you know, awesome. Sexy I think I Yeah, we have Hottest um, Puck, Sexy
2: Mother Pucker, Puckaholic, Pucked Up Love, Puck Buddies, and Puck Me Baby, which is my personal favorite because. I just love yeah I love a secret (laughs) baby romance and don't come at me if you don't but I I I love one and I love it he's like this grouchy you know protective Russian player and she's like this sweet pediatric nurse and he just pampers her and is sweet to her and there's like not a whole lot of conflict they just are like really sexy and in love and (laughs) I just really enjoy it so much
0: the sexy Russian it was just like ooh, I didn't (gasps) know that that was a thing that I would enjoy okay let's go (laughs) me
2: either I started writing and I'm like ooh. I like you, Dimitri. You're like, yeah. yeah,
0: Dimitri really is one of those. I am, I am gruff, tough man. And, and yeah, I think he's yeah, but... actually,
2: I think his name is like Alexei Dimitri something, something. I gave him a whole bunch of Russian names because I'm like, you know, one Russian name is good. Might as well have several. Why yes. not more? Oh,
0: I love the grumpy sunshine. That's some of my favorite tropes. And when, especially when the grumpy turns out to be a secret cinnamon roll. Yeah, I love that
2: too. I love that.
0: There's a heart in there. You just have to dig a little deeper to find it. Yeah. Do you have a a process when you're writing? Like, do you have a routine or is it just as stories come to you?
2: I went through a phase. I started off as a pantser, you know, just kind of going by the seat of my pants, writing whatever Mm -hmm. felt right. And then I went through a phase when I was writing for New York where I did outline because New York is very, they want to know what they're buying before they buy it. So mm-hmm. I would submit um, three chapters and a and a synopsis or a, a detailed outline depending on what they wanted. Um, and so then I did notice that made my process faster. So I entered into my indie career continuing to outline. But then as I wrote more and more books, I just felt like it was starting to stifle my creativity and also to slow me down because my brain is, I write much faster when I'm like problem solving on the go with the plot. And at this point, like I said, I've been doing it for almost 20 years. So I kind of have the story structure of a romance internalized. So I don't mm-hmm. need to outline as much as I used to. And I find that a lot more happy surprises happen when I just dive in. Um, so mostly what I do is I kind of see like, what do I think my, you know, I, I like to keep my readers in mind. Like, what do I, what have they been responding to? What do I think they'll like? Um, what what would I like to write that's still within those bounds? So, like for Bella, I my biggest series is hers, is Wolf King. It's Wolf King, Wolf Pawn, Wolf Queen, Wolf Mate, and it's been just a solid performer for me for two years i was like okay i want to do another wolf series with cliffhangers and fast-paced excitement and stuff like that but i knew i wanted to do something a little different so i set it in a um, the the next series starts with alpha betrayed and it's all about these two step siblings who both believe that they've been betrayed by the other and are coming to it's the ultimate enemies to lovers and that they're looking for each other to kill each other for this betrayal um, and then they realized that it was they've been lied to and that it was actually their, um, you know, her father, his stepfather who did all these terrible things to them. And then they end up going to this university like for, for troubled shifters who have no place to go. And so it's like very similar to what people liked about Wolf King, but then I try to add new things. Cause I, I can't tell the same story twice. I respect people who do have things very similar because, you know, they know what their readers want and they're giving it to them and that's wonderful. But like I said I do get bored so I have to make sure I mix it up.
0: Yeah, you, you try the new and mix it in there. Yeah. And I have not read any of the wolf series or or shifter. Well they just, just
2: came out in audio. I ended up producing them in audio later. Um I wasn't going to, but they did really well. So Jason Clark is Maxim the wolf king and he is just Growly and
1: delicious, yeah. Jason, 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 I think you might have just sold Jen.
0: I <laughs> oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean,
2: he's really good. And also, what I, yeah, what I love about him is like he's also got this great emotional range, you know, like you believe him when he's narrating something oh, yeah. about, like some horrible emotional trauma. Like, you're like, I believe you, Jason, like you're doing a good job,
0: yeah, yeah. I recently finished listening to. Another title by another author, and uh, which <laughs> this is uh, acceptable. <laughs> in which Jason is is a tortured soul with uh, an Irish accent, which was a whole nother level of of thing. That
2: he's real that good with accents too. He is for sure.
0: But I have, I'll and I him. have also heard him uh, sing on audiobooks yes, Anna, you will be getting that one. <laughs> yeah. And, it's
2: just, you know, he's one of those people yeah. with an embarrassment of riches as far as it's yeah. concerned. So yeah, I feel very yeah. lucky that I've got yeah.
0: the narrators that you have mentioned working with all of them have their great traits that make them fun to listen to. And that's why they're, and that's why they're popular. Yeah. Um, and I think they're but,
2: just really good actors, you know, coming from an oh, acting yeah. background that's really important to me. I, I want to, i want to believe the person you know when i when i'm hearing them narrate and they all make me believe it they all make me believe yeah. that they are that person
0: every audiobook narrator is performing and mm-hmm. you know we Absolutely. Are, uh, we do not think for a second that they are just you know reading the words on the page and they're not they're not readers they're performers and, they are
2: so, and just as someone who has the unique you know relatively unique position of doing both um you know i could tell you like when I sit down to write, I can usually, I'm fast now. I can write probably 2000 words in a couple hours and I can have my coffee while I do it. It doesn't matter if my tummy's growling, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. invested, but I'm not, it's not coming out of my mouth. Like Mm -hmm. writing something that's emotional. If it's not coming out of my mouth, if I'm not breathing into that, that emotion, it's different, you know, it's not as intense. Whereas if you're down in the dark, you're sensory deprived of everything except your own voice and this material, and you're going through something intense down there, it's like, it's exhausting. And also you have to do it while you're not moving and not making your chair squeak and not like, you know, it's it's a mixture of like an emotional acting talent and also this technical skill that is very mm-hmm. difficult, very physically taxing. And I think. Anyone who's saying all oh, these narrators charge too much or whatever, they are incorrect because they are worth every yeah. penny and just the, everything they're putting into preparing for the manuscript as well. Like when I narrate for someone else, even when I'm narrating for myself, I spend hours reading and preparing the manuscript, making notes to myself. Like, you know, when I first started, I'd even, you know, phonetic, I'd, I'd go through and highlight all the different um, characters' names in different colors. So I would know which voice I was using. I'd have a, a visual cue for that. So So just knowing that so much more goes into it, like then, like you said, they're not just sitting there going in cold with a book and reading, they're preparing and, and, you know, using all the skill that they've developed until then and like giving us a great performance and we appreciate them.
0: Oh, we definitely do. I was, I watched a, a presentation, it was an interview with several narrators and I don't remember who said this, but someone said that it was the, the ability to emote in stillness. Yes. Which I thought that yeah, is correct. That is that, <laughs> which is hard.
1: Yeah, it is hard. It's, yeah. It's very hard. It's to feel massive emotions in a tiny little box Yeah, and, yeah. D- and don't move your body. Um, and also just talk while about a tempest and a teacup. Yeah,
2: well, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and also just while we're on the the um, subject, I would also love to do a big shout out to Summer Roberts and Aaron Mallon and Andy Arndt and all the amazing women who have worked on some of my audiobooks and, oh, and Amanda Ronconi, who's um, oh, yeah. super talented. All of them are wonderful. And I sometimes think they don't get enough um, of a shout out. So if you're looking for a, an amazing lady narrator, all of those women are super talented and, and absolutely, wonderful. and also and, incredible to work with. Just smart and business savvy and professional.
1: And- you've mentioned our our patron saint of our yeah, Erin Mellon <laughs> <Allen> is the <laughs> she, is the de facto patron swear, saint of this podcast. I swear she gets mentioned at least once a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: so. So we are we are in keeping with this episode. <laughs> yes,
1: highly recommend. Just
2: a cool just a cool woman and you know, a cool person. It's also incredibly talented. She's, you know, writing books now too, so just yep. you know, another embarrassment of talented riches.
0: <laughs> oh yes, right. and and we definitely celebrate the female narrators. They do not get enough attention and they really should. The ones like you, like Aaron who, you know, not only communicate the words that others have written but that you write your own communicate your own and give us additional stories that that you have other people share with us y'all are yeah, amazing the, the the talent yeah the talent is just uh it's well thank you so much I appreciate
2: that and it's and I really I'm so grateful I've had the chance to to interpret some of my own work because I know sometimes there's subtext that maybe a a different narrator Mm -hmm. might not get. And I I love that I'm able to, you know, really communicate not just what's on the page, but what I was feeling when I wrote
0: it. Do you have anything coming up soon or anything to be released?
2: I have so much coming up. It's it's a big year. (laughs) I'm I'm having...
1: Well talking about know, embarrassment or britches. Yeah. I, yeah. I,
2: said to, I said to my son, I'm like, it's like I'm just puking the words out lately. They're just coming out. And he's like, that's gross. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, but it's good puke. It's, it's a good puke. So I have the Lost Moon University series coming out as Bella Jacobs. It starts with Alpha Betrayed, which is out now. Defiant Princess is coming out in just a month. I'm aiming to have the entire four book series out. By summertime. I'm addicted to these characters. It's Juliet and Ford, and they're just like the ultimate enemies to lovers. And they're uh the will they won't they is a lot of fun, and just like seeing them fall for each other, even though like especially she just does not want to fall for him. And I, I love that trope. Um so having a great, uh great time with that. And then on the Lily side, I started writing a, a small town romance novella series. And then I fell so in love with these characters that I, it became a novel series. Um, <laughs> The first one is Boss Without Benefits. And it's, you know, it's kind of a simple small town story about this girl who, you know, she was her family is the butt of every joke in her hometown. So she mm. goes for a fresh start. Um, she's gonna be a nanny to this really cool single dad. And of course, the first night there, she meets a super hot guy. They go home, hijinks ensue. There's a lot of chaos because it's a rom-com. And then the next you know, the next week she goes in and realizes that her new boss is the guy that she was with that night. So he, of course he's like, No, we can't. And she's like, But yes, we must. And the little girl is adorable. <laughs> and there's you know, a feral turkey who's trying to attack people, and it's just silly, fun, um, <laughs> good small town vibes. So I'm I had so much fun with that. Um, if you do if it's you It's a love small scary. town romance without a feral
1: turkey. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, mean, really. I had I've so even... I
2: had so much fun with it. Uh so if you just love fun, it sounds fun. feel good. Yeah. Boss Without Benefits, I'm really ha- I'm proud of. And then the next two books in that series are also coming out this year. So it's it's going to be a seven book year for me, which is a little more. Wow. Than normal. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also revising uh, an old book that I got the rights back to that I wrote 15 years ago. And it's kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. And it's set okay. in the past. Okay. <laughs> and, it's, and it's, uh, it, it didn't quite hit the mark. My skills were not quite there 15 years ago, but now I'm starting to revise it and it's just coming to life. And I'm really excited about it. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get it ready to go, but um, yeah, it's, it's just, that's, what's great about being a writer too, is that you can keep improving and keep improving. And then when you get a chance to revisit old material, you can see like you've developed your skills to the point where you're like, oh, I can make this so much better, so much more fun and exciting and and steamy and all the things.
0: I'm looking forward to that, just on that description <laughs> alone. Um, it's a good so, description. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you. yeah we're, so, and- we're My family is in the process of, of re-watching Buffy and also introducing my my 21-year-old to it. Um, I, I made
2: my kids watch it when they were little. They were probably too little, but I just needed more Buffy in my life so
1: yeah we tried with him when he was like 13 and he wasn't feeling it but he's like he's loving it now at 21 so yay but yeah you know. and then to put it in you know regency era <laughs> is even better
2: it's been a lot of fun i'm really enjoying it so well fingers crossed i'll be able to get it finished pretty quickly
0: well we'll, keep an, that. we'll definitely keep an eye out for it but um until then you've got plenty of titles to keep us us all occupied. I do.
2: And I just put the entire Virgin Playbook series in KU for the first time. Um, So that's also hockey romance, best friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, hijinks. It's kind of like sex in the city, but with younger women and one guy, Mm -hmm. they're just sweet to each other. They're not, (laughs) there's not a whole lot of drama, but I just love writing stories about found family. And those four friends in those books are are just, you know, they're so good to each other and so supportive of each other. And I love that. So um, it's definitely going to be in KU through the summer. So if you'd like to check out the Virgin Playbook series, it starts with scored and it's steamy and fun. So there's my plug. Wonderful. Yeah, not for really awesome. plugging,
0: but you know, I'm trying to like no well get we're better. Happy to plug for you. And and we are and we are more than happy to plug for you. And in fact, all of the titles that we've talked about today are going to be on our show notes page. So you can find uh, Lily Valente on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And we will have all of those links in our show notes page. Lily, thank you so much for being on the program today we thank you
2: guys so much you're lovely and clever and smart and i just really enjoyed chatting with you
0: oh thank you thank you it's been really fun this is yeah this has been this has been a great chat and all of the information about today's guest will be on the show notes page on our website which is cupandsaucybooks.com And you can listen to us there or wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe and review.
1: You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And we are also on Twitter as Cup N, the letter N, Saucy Books. Let us know if you have a book you would like us to review on the show.
0: Join us next time as we talk with another special guest from the world of books.
1: And go on a few tangents.
0: Happy reading.
1: Cheers.